This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. Dr. Kelsey Gill is a postdoctoral researcher at UBC's Department of Zoology and the lead author of a paper published in Current Biology that literally peeks down the throat of a humpback whale. Humpback whales appear to have disappeared from our area after the whaling industry collapsed in 1871. Lynn Jordan, former curator of the Cortez Museum, told Cortez Currents that there was a sighting around 2011 or 2012. One of the first ones was noticed that hung around here between Cortez and Quadra. The number of humpbacks swimming into our area kept increasing, and in 2017, Helen Hall, executive director of Friends of Cortez Island, said, The Vancouver Island Aquarium did a census over the long weekend in August and they had 58 different sightings of humpback whales. Some of those may be the same humpback whales, but there was a large number of humpback whales. The same weekend, a year ago, they only had two sightings of humpback whales. So there seems to be a huge increase in numbers this summer. And I've certainly noticed that living on the coast of Cortez, I've seen humpback whales every day during the summer. Sightings have become more common, and on the Friends of Cortez Island website it says, quote, Unbelievably, 86 individual humpback whales were identified in local waters just last year. In today's interview, Dr. Gill tells us about some whale behaviors that you can't see. So what did you find out about the eating habits of humpback whales? Humpback whales are a type of lunge feeding whale. So the process of lunge feeding involves a whale accelerating towards a patch of prey opening their mouth and engulfing a volume of water that can be as large as their own body. Then they're going to close their mouth, they're going to push all of the water out through the baleen plates and keep that prey inside their mouth. So we know a lot about that whole process, but what we're missing is what happens as soon as they have all that prey in their mouth, about how they're actually swallowing all of this food. So we're looking at the respiratory tract and the digestive tract and how they are combined in this region called the pharynx, which is a a hollow muscular tube behind the mouth. There were two parts to this study. We wanted to know, first of all, how whales are protecting that region when they're actually engulfing their food, because they can be accelerating up to about three meters per second, which is incredibly fast, and then opening their mouth. So you can imagine that water would be rushing in really fast, and it's very important to prevent any of that from going into the lungs. The second part is when they're actually swallowing their food. Like us humans, they can't breathe and swallow at the same time. So they have to protect their upper airways, which are leading up to the nasal cavities and the blowholes. And then they also have to protect the lower airways. So at the bottom of the throat, the larynx leading all the way down to the lungs. We wanted to look at what was happening, how they're protecting their respiratory tract during the engulfment stage, and then how they're protecting their respiratory tract when they're swallowing their food. In the press release, you gave a comparison of what it would be like for a human to do this. If a human was doing that in a swimming pool, you'd have to open up your mouth and engulf a volume of water that was the same size as you. So you'd have to put yourself in your own mouth and then push out all the parts that you didn't actually want to swallow and keep the parts in your mouth that you did. So these whales have this huge pouch that extends all the way from their mouth down to their belly button. That's where all this water is going. They open their mouths up, their tongue turns outside in and extends all the way down to their belly button. And then that pouch collapses back as they're closing their mouth and that's what's assisting all of the water to be pushed out through those veins. 
seems like a lot of work to get all of this krill, but clearly it's working very well for these animals considering they have managed to become the largest animals on the planet. Did you find any species to study in British Columbia? We are always looking at whales that have died along the coastline here, and we try our best to get tissue from necropsies. Unfortunately, when whales die along the coastline here, you're restricted with the time. If tide is coming in, you only have so much time to look at the whale. Sometimes the whales are in really poor condition. They've been dead for a few days before you can actually look at them. And then there's the additional hardship of actually trying to move around a whale that weighs a few tons and actually access the inside of that whale. So it's hard to get viable tissue from necropsies. We opted to recover tissue from a whaling station in Iceland. Luckily, they are not interested in the respiratory or digestive tracts for food. So we were able to scavenge the pieces that we were interested in and take them off to the side and look at them in our own little lab area. That was a good way of using that. When were you in Iceland? We went in 2018, the last time that whaling station was operating. COVID kind of slowed things down a little bit in terms of whether or not we were able to get more tissue and deciding whether or not we wanted to hold off on publishing this until we could. But I think it's more important to get it out there and share this research. Could you see what they were eating? Was it breakfast still in? <laughs> so, yes, it was actually. <laughs> so you got a really close up view of what their tastes are. The first thing that we saw when we started examining these whales was looking at the open mouth of a whale. We saw this big chunk of tissue right at the back of the mouth. So if you or I open our mouths and look in a mirror, you're just going to see a big hollow cavity at the back of your mouth behind your uvula there. For these guys, you can't see that region because there's a big chunk of tissue blocking that. Imagine if you had, let's say, an oversized uvula, so you couldn't actually see the back of your throat. We looked at that and went, what's that doing there? They have to swallow food, so it has to go through that pathway. So why is there this chunk of tissue there? And we started to look at this plug that was there and tried to figure out what it was doing. We knew that the plug had to move for them to swallow food. And then we pretty early on recognized that it's a really good idea to have this big plug at the back of your throat if you are opening your mouth and swimming rapidly forward and engulfing a bunch of water to prevent any water from going down into your lungs. We had to figure out then how it moved to get out of the way so that they were able to swallow the, their prey. So it turns out that the oral plug is a part of that soft palate. Again, it's that same sheet of tissue in your mouth at the very back of the roof of your mouth where the uvula hangs down off of. The only way that plug can move is if it shifts backwards and upwards. And if it does that, it actually blocks off the pathway that leads to the nasal. That is how, when they're actually swallowing the food, they're protecting any food from going up their nose. That tissue is right in at the bottom of the nasal cavities. Then the question is, how are they protecting their lower airways? everything from their voice box or their larynx down to their lungs. We looked at the larynx, we manipulated the cartilages that form the larynx to figure out how they could close off and protect the larynx. And it turns out that when you push all those cartilages together, they make a really nice tight seal that would prevent anything from moving down into the lungs. These whales have a really interesting structure on their larynx called the laryngeal sac. It's this incredibly muscular air sac. And what happens is this muscular air sac can collapse upwards into the larynx and completely plug that larynx with tissue. Now at the bottom of the throat here where the larynx is, that thing is completely plugged with tissue. At the very top of the throat leading to the nasal cavities, that's plugged with tissue. And you have a nice open space for food to pass through right from the mouth, through that space and onto the esophagus. 
Now you said prey. What are they eating? Most of these lunge feeding whales are eating krill. There is probably hundreds of thousands of these tiny still living krill that have to be swallowed, which is why it's so important to protect both upper and lower airways because they're alive and squirming around. But some species like the humpback whales that we see along our coastline, they switch prey a little bit. So they can eat krill or they can eat small schooling fish like anchovies or sardines. So it would be really interesting to look at some of the humpbacks around here, being that they're able to switch between what types of food that they're eating. So it'd be nice to have a look at their pharynx and see if there's any differences based on that fact. In the press release, it talks about the possibility that whales cough, hiccup, and burp. One more thing about the humpbacks around here, we have seen photos or videos of air bubbles being released from their mouth. And we're not sure where this air is coming from. It could be that they are capturing air as they're engulfing food at the surface and then just letting those air bubbles out. Or it could be that they've managed to find some way to shift that oral plug at the back of the mouth a little bit and perhaps push the larynx through to allow air from the lungs to actually exit through the mouth. It would be great to look into that a little bit more. Unfortunately, since I'm always looking at dead tissue, that would mean we'd have to wait for a humpback whale to die, which I also don't want. So we will just have to wait and see what happens in the future. You've been listening to an interview with Dr. Kelsey Gill, the lead author of a research paper published in Current Biology on January 20th, 2022, explaining why whales don't drown when they gulp down food underwater. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.